Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Charanjit Singh from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test-specific podcast. Thanks for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, we'll be discussing our two new tests for our biologics, infliximab and adalimumab, INFXP and ADALP, with Dr. Melissa Snyder and Dr. Maria Rurich. I'm excited to be here with our amazing lab consultants discussing our new tests. Developments in treatments such as biologics have greatly improved quality of life for patients with IBD, and advancements in laboratory testing are helping to support diagnosis and optimize therapy. MedoClinic Labs will be offering a panel test approach to infliximab and adalimumab to monitor for immunogenicity. We now will offer testing that measures both drug concentration and anti-drug antibodies together in one panel to support improved clinical outcomes. With this, I want to now introduce Dr. Snyder, Dr. Rorich, whose labs have developed this new panel. Please, if you could both provide us with a little bit about your background, information about yourselves. So I'm Maria Wilridge. I'm an Associate Professor of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology here at Mayo Clinic and a Lab Director within the Clinical Biochemistry and Immunology Division. I've been working with Dr. Snyder for more than 10 years now. Hi, I'm Melissa Snyder. I'm also Associate Professor of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology, and uh, my primary responsibility is is in the Antibody Immunology Laboratory, where I serve as the Laboratory Director. And Yamaria and I have been collaborating on anti-drug antibody and and drug quantitation testing, as Maria said, for about 10 years now, and it's been a great collaboration over the years. I think we have fun working on this in this area, and we think it's important for our patients to help them as they're managing their treatment for some of these really lifelong therapies that they have to be on. Thank you so much for, for that, Dr. Snyder, Dr. Rich. We're excited for you guys to be here. And um, my first question I have for you two is, would you please give the audience a brief overview of the assays? So infliximab and adalimumab testing have been available since 2015 and 2017, respectively. In the current orderable format, the drug quantitation is done first. It's a reflex approach. So when the drug quantitation reports are low, then it reflexes to the anti-drug antibody part. These drugs are immunogenic, so they may elicit an immune response. So that's what we are calling the generation or the formation of the anti-drug antibodies. This new orderable that we are bringing up, as JR already said, is a panel. And then the two tests, the drug quantitation and the anti-drug antibody part, they're done at the same time. So they're performed at all times, irrespective of the drug quantitation result. If it's low or high, the anti-drug antibody test will be performed. It's also probably a good at this point to discuss just a little bit about the methods that we use for these various tests because they're not all the same. So for the infliximab quantitation, the drug quantitation, we use a mass spec test approach. Um, and this uses a triptych peptide from infliximab that allows us to quantitate the level and concentrations of the drug. The anti-infliximab test is a bridging immunoassay where we're looking for a bridge to form between two labeled forms of infliximab, and that bridge occurs when the patient has an anti-drug antibody, so that anti-drug antibody is essentially the bridge. 
adalimumab and anti-adalimumab assays are both done by immuno, enzyme immunoassays in a pretty traditional plate-based format. But you can see that we use different methods depending upon the drug target and depending upon the anti-drug antibody. Thank you, Dr. Snyder, for that last response, and Dr. Rovich for your input. For really inf amazing information, help information for our audience. The, our next question, uh, first, Dr. Rovich, for you, which patients should have this testing and when should it be performed? So we realized that therapeutic drug monitoring for biologics or for monoclonal antibody therapies, it has evolved, the practice continues to evolve, and it has evolved since the tests originally went live back in 2015 and 17, as I mentioned. So at that time, the primary indication for testing was loss of response to therapy, also called reactive monitoring. And all testing was performed at trough, so immediately before the next infusion or injection. For loss of response to therapy, the American Gastroenterology Association, they put forth a document that's called the Clinical Decision Support Tool back in 2017. And that's for adult patients with inflammatory bowel disease that are experiencing symptoms or they have manifestations of the disease activity. Since 2017, the use of these drugs, infliximab and adalimumab, has expanded, and we see now pediatric patients being treated with them, and there's been newer studies with adults that have shown that you can measure infliximab or adalimumab in the beginning of the therapeutic regimen. So you can measure that at specific weeks in the beginning in the induction phase or right after the induction phase of treatment and try to keep the drug levels above certain therapeutic thresholds that is associated with favorable outcomes for those patients, sometimes even a year after the initial measurement. So this newer approach is called proactive monitoring and is performed at specific timeframes within the therapeutic regimen. And then both responding patients and non-responding patients may be subject to that type of monitoring, to the proactive monitoring type. So yeah, Dr. Snyder, if you have anything to add to what I was saying? Sure. I think you had a really a nice description of the reactive and the proactive monitoring. I would say that where we're seeing things right now is that the proactive monitoring has been more kind of advocated for in Europe and Australia and, and certain IBD interest groups are really supporting the application of proactive monitoring. But the main professional society in the U.S., the American Gastroenterology Association, has not yet taken a formal stance on proactive monitoring. However, I think as uh, within the laboratory, we're certainly appreciating that for some patients, at least proactive monitoring probably plays a significant role in helping to manage early in the treatment course. And so that's why we're you know, looking at our laboratory testing, not only in the context of the historic reactive monitoring and how it had been used originally, but now also in this time when proactive monitoring is becoming uh, more of interest for clinicians and for their patients. Thank you. Yes, I know that proactive monitoring has been a hot topic recently. So really I want to thank thank you for explaining that further for our audience. Dr. Snyder, I have a question for you. What alternative test options are available and how do these compare? Sure. So Maria has kind of touched on these a little bit, but just to highlight again, so within the Mayo test catalog, we have two approaches that we will have offered for infliximab and adalimumab. One is the reflex approach, and this is the approach that is really 
supported by the American Gastroenterology Association in the context of loss of response to therapy. And in this type of approach, whether it's for infliximab or for adalimumab, the drug quantitation is measured first, and we usually suggest that this would be done at trough, so you are at your lowest drug concentration. And if you find that the patient at trough has a therapeutic drug concentration, then we wouldn't advocate for anything further. We would not perform any additional testing. However, if the drug quantitation is low at trough, then it does indicate that the patient may be subtherapeutic for drug concentrations. And so we would reflex to the anti-drug antibody testing because the presence of an anti-drug antibody has been associated significantly with subtherapeutic trough measurements for the drug quantitation. Now, the new testing that Maria mentioned earlier is the panel. And this panel is for both infliximab and for adalimumab. When the panel is ordered, we were going to do both tests. And by both tests, I mean we would do the drug quantitation as well as the anti-drug antibody for that drug. Now, this approach is, is going to be more indicated when the patient is undergoing more of a proactive monitoring. We know that there are going to be situations where the patient may have a drug concentration that may be considered therapeutic, but there may be an indication for the presence of an anti-drug antibody, and this may actually end up changing the management for that patient. Marie, I think you probably have some more things to add to that. Yes, I think this is a good time for us to talk about drug-sensitive assays and drug-tolerant assays for the anti-drug antibody portion of the testing, and that relates to how well can we detect an anti-drug antibody in the presence of varying concentrations of the drug? So that could be a limitation for some anti-drug antibody assays that are called drug sensitive. Other assays are drug tolerant, meaning that they can withstand detecting the anti-drug antibody even in the presence of some drug. And I think we have done extensive studies to validate that for the Mayo Clinic Laboratory tests that we can detect an anti-drug antibody even in the presence of drug present in our labs. In regards to the drug tolerance of the tests, you know, that's important because we use labeled forms of the drug as reagents in the anti-drug antibody test. So they could be a potential interference in the anti-drug antibody assay. And ways that the laboratory commonly employs to mitigate this is what we call an acid dissociation pre-analytical step. And that disrupts the drug anti-drug antibody immune complexes. Our tests will also offer a panel interpretation that has comments that will help the provider understand how to best act on the findings related to the anti-drug antibody test in the presence of drug as well. Thank you. My last question I have for Dr. Snyder, how are the results used in patient care? Sure. So I can start off by discussing how they're used in the context of reactive monitoring when the patient is having a loss of response to the therapy. And in this case, we're again, we're starting with that drug quantitation and we want to know what is causing that drug level to be low and how we can get the patient back to being more therapeutic. So let's say we have a patient and we measure the drug quantitation and it is below our therapeutic cutoff. It would be subtherapeutic. Now, in this case, we do that anti-drug antibody testing. And if we found 
that the drug is low, the drug concentration is low, but there are no anti-drug antibodies present, the provider is probably going to decide to try to increase the dose of the drug because they're, they don't have a subtherapeutic concentration of the drug because of an anti-drug antibody. There may be some other reason why it's subtherapeutic and possibly increasing the dose will get them into a therapeutic range and begin to see more efficacy of the drug. On the opposite end of the spectrum, if the drug quantitation is subtherapeutic and we do detect high titer anti-drug antibodies, then probably what's going to happen is the patient's going to be switched to a different TNF inhibitor in this, in, because we're talking about infliximab and adalimumab, although they may also possibly switch to a drug outside of that class, such as the integrin inhibitors as an example. Now, there are some patients where the drug is low, and maybe the anti-drug antibodies are not a real high titer, maybe more low to moderate. And in this case, there's a little bit more uncertainty as to how these patients could be managed. Um, there may be an option to try to increase the dose of the drug, or the physician may choose to take the course of adding an immunomodulator to try to dampen that anti-drug antibody response. Again, trying to maximize the therapeutic dose of that drug and improve its efficacy. In this reflex approach, if the drug is considered to be therapeutic, remember, we're not going to have an anti-drug antibody result because the, of the drug concentration. However, generally speaking, in reactive monitoring, the patient having a loss of response, if they have a therapeutic drug concentration, it likely means that they're just not responding appropriately to the drug. And more often than not, I think that these patients are going to probably be switched to a, a different class of drugs because they're probably viewed as whatever mechanism of action that drug is having is not helpful in, in managing the course of their disease. So that's really in the context of reactive monitoring. And I think now I'll turn it over to Maria and she can talk a little bit about the proactive monitoring. So for proactive monitoring, the decisions a provider may take are different if the patient is responding to therapy or if they are non-responders. If in the proactive monitoring, if those specific timeframes in the beginning of the therapeutic regimen, if there is a primary non-response at that point, meaning the patient has not started to feel better with treatment, the decisions will be largely similar to what was described for the reactive monitoring scenarios. But it is when the patients are responding well to the treatment regimen that the decisions will vary more. For instance, if the drug is low and there are no anti-drug antibodies, there may be a recommendation to optimize the regimen by increasing the dose or shortening the infusion intervals at that stage to try to meet that goal of keeping the patient above certain thresholds of the drug concentration. If that early in the treatment, the drug is low, but there are anti-drug antibodies, they will recommend switching to a different drug perhaps within drug class, but it means the patient already developed an immune response and then they may be better off by switching to a different treatment. Now, when the drug is within the expected thresholds or when it's therapeutic for that specific week, if there are no anti-drug antibodies, the treatment should progress as is. But if the drug is therapeutic and there are anti-drug antibodies present, then the provider may recommend adding an immunomodulator to the regimen to try to halt the immune response that is in development. So as you can see, there, there are many decisions, uh, different decisions the providers can make based on the test results and will largely depend on the clinical presentation and the reason why they ordered the test. So we believe that having a reflex and a panel provides more versatility to the ordering providers to their needs. 
this has been a great time for me. And I just want to say thank you to Dr. Maria Rurich and Dr. Melissa Snyder for your time and then giving the audience information about our new exciting tests. Well, thank you for having us today. Yeah, thanks for joining us and, and hearing about our, our new tests. And it's been interesting and fun to speak about this with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.